bullshit is everywhere. Welcome back to the bullshit field of the news. <laughs> now time for the music. Hey, Papa Bear, I, I believe I believe yeah. you are not well today. Right. We have a national emergency at the Harris household. Every every man is down, every man, woman, child, dog, cats. Everybody's got the flu, so we're all getting on each other's nerves. And it's only a matter of time before Kiki goes, oh, yeah, Dad, well, fuck you, too. It's only a matter of time. Did D'Angelo start it? Is he uh, patient zero? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I really don't want to talk about D'Angelo. Right? Yeah. I hope he's sick, too. Uh, I hope the son of a bitch, the well-hung son of a bitch good is, news. Hung, is sick, too. Good news. He's going to come and inject your wife with something that might cure <laughs> later on. Um. Well, right. Uh, I, I, speaking yeah. of national emergencies, there's something I want to ask you. Just, just, just privately, yes. you and me, just with no one listening. Right. Thank do you, God. Do you think you could uh, nominate me for a Nobel Peace Prize? Like, just um, done for everything that I've done uh, for yeah. the world, Ray. I think you should secretly nominate me for a Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, don't tell anyone. I might tell. No, I might. No, I, might no. tell, I might tell people that you did it, but don't. Don't. <laughs> Don't tell anyone that you did it. Yeah. I promise. I'll do it, but I won't tell you. Yeah. I saw that you posted a story about that on Facebook, and I saw that David Markham liked your post. And the amusing thing about that is pretty sure that David's uh, Legion of uh, uh, Merit, no, Legion of, yeah, Legion of Merit, no, Legion of something he got from the French government. Uh, he, he, He asked people to nominate him for that. And asked me to write her a letter of recommendation for him for that. So it's like, you know, asking people to nominate you for awards is apparently the way that you do it. Um, I, yeah. So I think it's pretty standard. I think it's it's a part of it, just like any other PR campaign. But I don't know if it should be included in a speech when you're declaring a national emergency. But hey, what do I know? Well, he hasn't I, got I'm not the, president. the Nobel Peace Prize yet. So that is the national emergency. Like, Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. He's angling. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Let's talk about the national emergency. Um, Ray, right. Ray, Ray yeah. do you know how many states of emergency are in effect today in the United States? Well, considering that national emergencies in and of themselves sound pretty important and we're all just cruising along here, I can't imagine too many. I'm going to say between 10 and 14. I mean, if they're really national emergencies, how many can there be? Mm. Yeah, take that 14 and double it and then add a couple. Um, (laughs) The United States is currently under 30 states of emergency. Um, it doesn't feel like it. Well, <laughs> does it? Doesn't it? Well, really? now it does now. But, but thirty yeah. states of emergency, the United States <laughs> is under it's a trap. Twenty nine yeah. before last Friday. Now thirty. Um, none of them are about mass shootings and uh, the proliferation of uh, AK forty sevens, uh, or wow. your or. Healthcare, people Healthcare, dying. Yeah, right. no, neither no. of those uh, are your states of emergency. Of course, of course not. So I thought we would talk a, a little bit about the 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 national emergency situation and the the kind yes. of um, emergency powers that American presidents have because it's kind of interesting to right. me uh, and trying to look at uh, how could this possibly go horribly wrong assuming it hasn't already gone horribly wrong 
Um, for, for other people, not Americans. Yes. Not what? For other people, not for Americans. No. Well, I, I know that. I know that. No, I'm sure it's gone bad for us, but I, I know that there's a lot of um, national emergencies that have to do with other uh, countries. Um, it's Sudan uh, and the Middle East, obviously, with 9 11. Um, and probably stuff in South America because of drugs, because of Reagan and Bush. I'm, I'm just assuming we've these powers have been used to hurt other people, but that's just a very that's just a guess on my part. But I'm sure Americans are victims too. Yeah, well, I, I you know, I'm going to just focus on the potential consequences to Americans. Uh, okay. In this, that's all I care about in this chapter. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yes, there are trickle-on effects for the rest of the world because we live in the American Empire, the days of the American mm-hmm. Empire. Um, right. Early in the 20th century, uh, Congress, U.S. Congress, legislated powers that effectively are supposed to lie dormant until the president activates them by declaring a national emergency. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there, there had been emergency provisions, uh, I think, since the, the creation of your constitution by the uh, original tax dodgers, a bunch of white slavers, um, slave slavers who, for some reason, right? Americans think, uh, you know, could walk on water and uh, blow down trees. Um, we call them landed gentry, but please continue. Mm. So, but in the early 20th century, there was a whole bunch of uh, new powers given to the presidents. And presidents uh, basically went nuts with this once they got it. Um, <laughs> right. And there, there were really no incentives in place for them to terminate states of emergency once they were declared. So you just had states of emergency huh. proliferating like... Um, children in in West Virginia, um, you know, illegitimate children in West Virginia. They were just popping up all over the place. Um, (laughs) By the 1970s, there were hundreds of emergency powers uh, available to the president. Oh, my God. Um, And clearly obsolete states of emergency that were still in effect. So... In the 70s, uh, they tried to do something about it. And uh, during the Carter administration, they tried to rein it in a little bit. But, you know, f- to give you an example, uh, Truman, our old mate, uh, yeah. Harry S. Truman. What did the S stand for? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, what shit- is it good for? <gasps> Sorry. Yeah. Shithead, I think it stood for. Um <laughs> Truman declared a national emergency in 1950 during the Korean War, and it remained in place right through the Vietnam era uh, and was was being used to help uh, prosecute uh. the war in Vietnam. So in, the, in 1976, Congress passed the National Emergencies Act. I've seen people on Twitter and Facebook saying, well, Carter uh, passed this uh, thing. He's a Democrat. He passed this in order to... Uh, give presidents these powers uh, for a reason. No, 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 no. The National Emergencies Act wasn't passed to give presidents emergency powers. It was given to try and rein in the the, the ways that these... I mean, it was completely ineffective. It didn't work, but that's what was passed in 76. So under the National Emergencies Act, as I understand it... Now, you know, no one knows more about... American law than I do, Ray. Uh, so yes. my, my understanding yes. is under this law, the president 
still has complete discretion to issue an emergency declaration, but he's got to specify the the emergency that he's dealing with. Not just, I declare an emergency. What's for? Oh, I don't know. Whatever's going on. Uh, something. Right. Um, he has to declare <laughs> what it is and the powers that he intends to use. Then technically the president, and I say he here because you've never had a female one, but in theory, he or she. Right. Uh, he, yep. has, he is supposed to issue public updates if he's going to invoke additional powers and report to Congress every six sure. months on how, how it's going and how he's been spending the money that uh, he, he is getting access to as a result of the uh, state of emergency. Now, it might... But, but if I could just... Mm. I'm sorry, I just need to add to that real quick. I mean, you're absolutely right. He, he, there are The 1976 law did do some things. However, Trump can just let everybody know in tweets. And let's be honest, we know that that's coming. But the, I think it's very important to point out that the law gives the president complete discretion when it comes to declaring this national emergency. There is no definition of emergency and there's no criteria that has to be met. So yes, this law was passed in 76, but like you said, it did very little. And the president can pretty much do what they want and and it doesn't have to uh kind of meet too many hurdles so again that was very ineffective and he still could pretty much do whatever he wants stop reading my notes stop looking over my no, shoulder I'm, and reading I'm my not fucking notes looking, Ray. i'm looking at my notes no you're not so no, stop reading my notes you don't have notes apolo- apology accepted stop reading my notes um yes uh, he, he's supposed to uh, uh, report on it every six months um, mm-hmm. and it expires after a year unless the president renews it. The Ooh. Senate and the House are supposed to meet every six months while the emergency is in effect to consider a vote on <laughs> terminating it. Uh-huh. Now, right. uh, that's never happened, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> never. That's scary as fuck. Yeah, yeah during, during the 40-odd years uh, since they passed this emergency, uh, National Emergencies Act, Congress, right. you know how many times Congress has met to uh, vote on whether to end them? I'm guessing a low number. Yeah, yeah, about as low a number as you can get. Like, never. They've never, <laughs> never done it. Not even once. Ne- Now, let me ask you, because I've been looking at a lot of um, I've been watching a lot of news lately on this. And I know that courts generally will let the president have his or her way. But but the very point of Congress is to check the president as in, okay, this is something you declared. We don't really agree with it. So we're going to try to check you. But from what you just said, so between the courts not doing it and Congress has never done it. Again, how could you not get heady with these kind of powers? Because like you were saying, it it does allow you um, even extra powers once you declare the emergency. Yeah. Well, you know. He's on his own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, maybe surprisingly, uh, uh-huh. the way that these powers have been used uh, previously have been fairly restrained. Mm-hmm. Um, presidents uh, have tended to use them to place sanctions on individuals and on countries in certain situations. Ah, Um, But they they haven't gone crazy with it. Because before now, your presidents usually cared about how they were going to be perceived by history. 
um, sure. after their cared about how they were going to be perceived after their term finished and the reputation of their party after their term finished and these sorts of things. Of course, your current president doesn't give a shit. He's trying to. He's trying to. He's trying to I suicide. Jail. Yeah. He's trying to commit yeah. suicide by hamburger, as it is. So, uh, you know, herd burner or whatever it was. Yeah, but yeah, it's a bit like it's a bit like our old mate Big Julie. Um, when you uh-huh. know people are going to try and throw you in prison uh, yeah. as soon as your term as uh, proconsul in Gaul ends. Yeah, there's no reason not to just you know throw the dice and go right. uh, you know fuck it let's cross this Rubicon because let the dice fly high yeah how, you know yeah. how can it be any worse right? right at least if I cross the Rubicon there's a chance I might win this thing if I just yeah. if I lay down my my powers and my army then I'm fucked so yeah balls to the wall son <laughs> um, now as a result of all of this. Presidents have access to a whole shit ton of emergency powers. Um, right. Actually spelled out in 123 statutory provisions. Damn. Now, just to give some examples to the people, some of the things the presidents can do once they mm-hmm. declare a national emergency. Um, the president can unilaterally suspend the law that bars government testing of biological and chemical agents on human subjects. Oh, fuck. So Donald Trump could turn around today and say, uh, you know, can you drop some chemicals on Virginia? I just want to see what they do. And uh, it's within his powers to do it. No one can stop him. He can do it. I thought you were going to say, because this is the one I looked up, he can freeze the assets in the average American's bank account. That's where I thought you were going. Now you've really scared the shit out of me, biological and chemical agents. I mean, that's that's scary as hell. Yeah, stop reading my nuts, Ray. So, uh, he can, he can <laughs> shut down or right? take control of any facility or station for wire communication Upon right. making a proclamation that there exists a state or threat of war involving the United States, a threat of war. Now, uh, there's there's always a threat of war. Yeah, <laughs> always somewhere. Um, uh, so now the question is, why a communication? Does that include the internet? We don't know, but probably, probably you could make yeah. an argument that includes it. So Donald Trump could shut down the internet. And mobile networks today, if he decided to proclaim that there was a threat of war involving the United States. The Uh, internet is being used by the, what do you call those people that, you know, you pay money, you get jump in the back of the truck and they get you across the border. He could say, yeah, those agents are using communications on their cell phones. We have to shut it down so they can't communicate. And yeah, suddenly like that, we're all just staring at our phones for no good reason. Which isn't anything different to what we're doing now with our phones. But... <laughs> hey, Candy Crush, I am killing it on Candy Crush. I'm sorry, go ahead. Now, Trump has already said that he thinks search engines are rigged and that Google and Twitter and Facebook should be very careful. <laughs> are they out to get him? Yeah, they're out to get him. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? It's not inconceivable. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, these things sound crazy, but this guy is crazy. Um, yes. And 
maybe not even this guy. What about the next guy? How crazy is the next guy going to be? Anyway, we'll get to that. Under um, a thing called Executive Order 13224 that Bush uh, Jr. pushed through after 9-11, any U.S. citizen suspected of supporting... Now, suspected is the key word here. Suspected of supporting foreign terrorists can be designated as a threat... And after that point, no American can legally give that person a job, rent him an apartment, provide him with any medical services, or even sell him a loaf of bread unless the government grants a license to allow that transaction. I guess it's like being exiled from Rome. No fire or water for 500 miles from Rome. Exactly. But Rome is America, and you're not allowed to leave. You're not allowed to leave, and no one's allowed to sell you... So, anything or provide you with anything. So just die. Yeah. Yeah. Executive Order 13224. That's, they should rename that Executive Palpatine or, or Order Palpatine <laughs> or something like that. That's my guess. I Order 66. Yeah. 66. That's scary as crap. Yeah. Now, the, the Patriot Act uh, that Bush also passed um, gave him even more powers, the president, uh, and the government allows them to trigger the consequences of 13224 by opening an investigation into whether a person or a group should be designated. But what about innocent until proven guilty? Ha-ha! Yeah, no, it doesn't, uh, doesn't, doesn't. We've already talked about this in our War on Drugs series, right? Um, We can just take your shit just because we think maybe you got Mm -hmm. your shit from selling drugs. Uh, right. You know, this is, what do they call them? Where the, the cops can pull your car over. They find cash in your car. They can take it and mm-hmm. say, well, we think you got this from selling drugs. And you go, well, I didn't. And they go, prove it. <laughs> we if, you can, you did. if you can prove it, you can yeah. get it back. Uh, you can go now. We're just going to keep your cash. Yeah. 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 So this is similar in that, uh, but uh, you can be designated no, we, we, we can even just say that we're thinking about whether or not you should be designated. All of a sudden, wow. um, you're persona non grata in America. You are, you are, the government only needs a reasonable basis mm-hmm. for believing that someone is involved with or supports terrorism in order to wow. designate that person. Now, what's the definition of supporting terrorism? Maybe I uh, liked a Facebook post that said Israel should uh, go back to the green line of 1967 and get rid of all of their settlements out of the Palestinian territories. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm supporting uh, terrorism by saying that, supporting Hezbollah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not hard to imagine how this could be uh, loosey-goosey enough that you could accuse all sorts of people as supporting terrorism. I think the point is the government gets to decide the definition of supporting terrorism. Exactly. Now, the target uh, of these executive orders um, is given no advance notice, no hearing, doesn't go to a court first, government just declares it, and that's it. Um, You can try try to fight it, 
but uh, I don't think anyone's allowed to uh, uh, give you, your bank accounts get frozen. You're not allowed right. to. No one's allowed to give you any money. I'm not even sure anyone's allowed to represent you as a lawyer. So good Gee. luck with that. Right. What about what about tanks on the street? How would that happen in the United States? We talked about posse comitatus on our drug mm. war series. Uh, who came up with posse comitatus, Ray? Do you remember who that was? Oh, uh, you mean as far as the administration that no, I, I'm trying to remember the origin, something to do with the American Revolution, but I honestly can't remember. Mm, yes, we talked about this back in bullshit field of 3.25 mm-hmm. uh, September 2018. Uh, this was uh, put into place during 1876. President Rutherford B. Hayes. Right. Remember him? Uh, Love that name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was all about the South and the you know the the president and uh, you know part of the deal was oh, yeah. that the, the South would uh, allow the North to have a president. I think as long as they agreed to uh, pull troops the troops out out of right. the South. So from then on, you're not supposed yeah. to roll out troops domestically. Um, right. But uh, as we saw in our War on Drugs series. Um, you know, people have been trying to get around it for years. Reagan and Poppy Bush found ways to get around it uh, in their war on drugs, saying the military were only assisting, assisting mm, civil law that's... enforcement. We're just assisting. <laughs> that's hair splitting, but okay. Yeah. Well, but they had the Supreme Court on their side, so it's all good. And Congress. Congress went, yeah, yes. it's great. Fucking, yes, get absolutely. Get a Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Now, the Posse Comitatus uh, Act says, whoever, except in cases and under circumstances expressly authorized by the Constitution or Act of Congress, willfully uses any part of the Army or the Air Force as a Posse Comitatus or otherwise to execute the laws, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than two years or both. Wow. But... Yeah. But then you've got this thing called the Insurrection Act of 1807, mm-hmm. the act that was actually used to declare the commencement of the American Civil War. It provides the authority to put soldiers on the streets. So wow. the uh, Posse Comitatus Act says you can't roll out the army unless it's authorized by an act of Congress. The Insurrection right. Act is an act of Congress. <clears throat> So uh, technically, if you right. wanted to roll out tanks on the streets, deploy the army domestically, you could, pro- as president, you could probably do that under the Insurrection Act of 1807. And in fact, it has been used to do that very thing on several occasions. Um, hmm. Now, the, the, the uh, Insurrection Act allows the president to deploy troops unilaterally, just wakes up, right. decides, I'm going to tweet it, deploy the troops. Today's a day. If yeah. if he decides that rebellious activity has made it impracticable to enforce federal law through regular means or because he deems it's necessary to suppress insurrection, domestic violence, unlawful combination or conspiracy... 
that hinders the rights of a class of people or impedes the course of justice. Now, how do you define, for the purpose of this act, conspiracy? Now, that's just left up to the president to decide. (laughs) Right. Well, by that very definition, why isn't there, or theoretically could be, armed troops in high schools where there's having shootings? Now, we both know that Trump would rather send them into all the newsrooms besides Fox News, but... Based on that, you could easily say, well, there's, you know, there's violence going on in, in, in American schools. We should be able to have officers or, or not officers, but army units inside the schools. But it doesn't get used for that. It could potentially be used for something along the border because Trump declares it so. Yeah. That's just insane. Yeah. When people might go, well, that's crazy. That never happened. Well, it has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Dwight Eisenhower used this act in 1957. Oh, yeah when he sent troops into Little Rock, Arkansas, to mm-hmm. stop Bill Clinton from raping women. No, hold on. That, <laughs> no, that was different. later. That was that later. Sh- that should have happened. <clears throat> no, it was to enforce school desegregation. Right. He had to roll out troops on the streets. Poppy Bush, uh, the mass murderer, employed it in 1992 to try and stop riots in L.A. after the Rodney King case. And his son, Dopey Bush, uh, wanted to invoke it after Hurricane Katrina, but the governor of Louisiana said, fuck you, and used the state's National Guard and said, see, to get to do this, to be Mm -hmm. able to use the Insurrection Act, I think the president needs to um, be reacting to a request from a state governor or legislature to help put Ah. down insurrection in the state. So technically, a governor needs to ask for it. Hey, can you you send the army in, please? Right. Well, if I could just say real quick, I mean, you made a good point a couple of minutes ago. It's like almost every other president has been a member of a party for a long time. They've either been a senator or or a congressman or a governor or whatever. And yeah, they do care about how the history books are going to record them. They do care about, let's be honest, the speaking fees that they're going to be able to get after they leave the White House. I'm sure Obama's making a shit ton of money right now. Um, And I guess you can't really do that if you ruin your name, if if you pretty much almost ruin the government and your part, your own party hates you afterwards. And so normally you don't have as many checks on the president who it turns out is a very powerful person. But if the, like you said, if the person truly does not give a shit or they're reacting or they're or seeing themselves as a victim or being picked upon, the president can do some incredible, credible things. It's just that it hasn't all been done like it's been done by Trump. Um, previously, you know, presidents maybe here and there, but it, he just sounds like he's, just rolling out the carpet of all the things a president can legally do. And I think we're all just kind of reacting to that, you know, appropriately so. It's just, a, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's the counter-argument against electing a billionaire as president. I mean, um, when he was campaigning, he made a good argument. It's like, well, you know, I can't be bribed. I'm already rich. So, right. you know, that's a good thing. But the flip side of that is he doesn't care about uh, speaking fees or book deals or uh, right. you know, consulting fees or chairmanships of boards after his presidency. So he doesn't give a fuck about his reputation in history, really. Um yeah. Anyway, so there's this other thing I want to talk yeah. about, PEDS, P-E-A-D-S. What does PEDS stand for, Ray? 
Uh, as far as I know, it's pediatrics at uh, UVA Hospital where I used to work. But I imagine you mean something different. Presidential emergency action documents. Now these Sounds are. Sexy. It does sound sexy. They're very. They're very uh, sexy and very secret. <laughs> Um, oh. They were developed during the Eisenhower administration. Apparently, they, right. the original intention was that these would ensure continuity of the government uh, if there was a Soviet nuclear attack. They're sort of draft executive orders, oh, proclamations, right. messages to Congress that are to be activated in the event of uh, a nuclear attack. So it's like, uh, in the event, like, if you're reading this. <laughs> I am now dead. Oh, no, okay. So this is, so this is, so you know they're making a Breaking Bad uh, sequel movie. No. Yeah. They're making a Breaking Bad sequel. Um, apparently it's it's Jesse Pinkman. It's what happens to Jesse. Uh, you, you watch Breaking Bad, right? Please tell me you watch oh, yeah. Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. Right? Love right. it. Love it. So, you know, the end of Breaking Bad, spoiler alert for people who haven't watched it, but uh, serves you right. Um, tough shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Final, final episode, Walt comes in, kills all the neo-Nazis. Jesse escapes, Walt dies. Um, it, apparently, it's the Jesse story after he gets away. And oh, cool. Hunter was... Uh, Hunter? No, yeah, Hunter was over here the other day. We were talking about, well, how do you get Brian Cranston in it? You need to have Walter White in it. You can't have a Breaking Bad yeah. film without Walter White in it. How are they going to do that? And we talked about different things. Maybe he didn't really die, but I thought, nah, everyone would be furious if they did that. Maybe it's his ghost uh, who appears to Jesse, like twin brother, like in Dexter, right. twin brother. Yeah, yeah, twin brother comes in. I did suggest that actually, evil twin. Um, well, no, probably the good twin because Walter pretty much is the evil twin. The bad. Yeah, I, I'm guessing flashbacks. Not that I'm trying to steal your story, but. That's Could do guess. flashbacks? No, but I got this is the idea I come with. So Jesse, oh. Jesse's driving away. He's hooning away. At yeah. some point, he looks down, and on the passenger seat, there's a laptop. And Ooh. the laptop has a post-it note that says, open me. And right. he's like, what? And he pulls over, opens the laptop, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a, just a video on the desktop. It says, play me. And he oh, wow. hits play, and it's uh-huh. Walt. It's a video. and It's right. Walt. Walt says, uh, Jesse, if you're watching this, um, I'm probably dead. And right. uh, you, you, you probably escaped, which is great because, you know, I came back for you. I know right. I've been a complete cunt to you the last couple of years. <laughs> We've had our moments. Ruined yeah. your life. Ruined your life. Right. Father figure that you shouldn't have trusted. Um, but... You know, I've done a lot of thinking. I've been up in my cabin in the woods, growing a beard. Yeah. Um, had a lot of time to think about it. Feel terrible about what I did to you. Um, so I'm coming in. I'm going to try and save you from the neo Nazis. Not exactly sure how I'm going to do it, but I think it's probably going to, it. it's going to involve yeah. something highly improbable, like a big remote control operated <laughs> machine gun in the trunk of my car. Um, don't ask me how that's going to work. Just trust the I fact that I'm a genius, yeah. and that's uh, right. I'm like. The Tony Stark of Albuquerque. I can. It's gonna be good. I can do anything that can be. Yeah. Even no matter how unf- completely unfeasible it is, uh, scientifically. I'm gonna to go to a local tools tools shop. Yeah. Buy what I need. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be good. I can do it. Um, but uh, you know, I've been thinking about well, 
let's be honest. Uh, you, you're not exactly the sharpest knife in the drawer, Jesse. Um, right. And uh, so yeah, you, you, you're fucked. Even if I get you out of there, then what? You know, what are you going to do with yeah. the rest of your life? You got no idea. You got no Fuck money. Up. You got no family. Yeah. Uh, you got no friends. Yeah. Mostly, except Badger and Skinny Pete. Um, and let's face it, <laughs> like uh, they're even worse. Yeah. Oh my so God. I've cooked up a plan for you. I know you're probably angry at me right now, and you don't trust me. I get that. But when you cool down, when you calm down, you're going to realize you need a plan. I'm the brains of the operation. Uh, just come back to this video and watch it every 15 minutes throughout the course of the next 90 minutes, and. I will give you instructions about what to do next, how to put your Step life one. back together. Yeah. Step two. Step yeah. one, you know, makes it Drive away fast. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's... Right. That's, if I was writing the, the, the yes. sequel, that's how I would do it. Nice. I like that. So I'm we'll see. In. We'll see in a year when that film comes out how close I was. Haven't worked out how he reconnects with Saul, though, at the Cinnabon. Um, but um, I'm working on that. Okay. Anyway, that's a bit like the reason. For the, so Walt's video, that's basically what these peds are. It's like, in the event of my death, um, I, watch this video. Here are your instructions, Congress. Now, they're very closely guarded secrets. None has ever right. been publicly released or leaked. Even WikiLeaks don't get their hands on this. Wow. But... Right. The contents of some of these peds have been occasionally described in public sources, FBI memos, that kind of thing, that have been obtained through Freedom of Information Act, uh, also agency manuals, some court records. There's hints of them. According right. to some of these sources, there were peds drafted from the 50s through to the 70s that would not only authorize martial law and the suspension of habeas corpus, but they mm -hmm. would also revoke Americans' passports and allow for the roundup and detention of subversives. Fuck. Defined who by who? Defined right. by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Ah, they had okay. a thing called the Security Index. You ever heard of this right. FBI Security Index, no. right? It makes me feel safer, though. <laughs> well, possibly before you started hosting podcasts with me, you might have been right. Um, but now you can be pretty sure that you are on the list. I tell you who was on the list back in the good old days was uh, Victor Santoki's stepfather. I think it was. Maybe his father. But I think it was his God. stepfather, Victor Will. And a shout-out to our mate Victor, too. Victor is... Uh, I'm, not sure if he, I'm not sure if that's uh, if it's a secret. I, I don't want to reveal too much about it. But he's undergoing some medical procedures this week. And um, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with him. Um, don't worry. Don't even worry about the medical procedures, for, uh, you know, because right. our we thoughts and prayers... Your thoughts and prayers handled. are taken care of. It. Yeah. Handled. All handled for you, Victor. Thinking of you, buddy. Um... Yeah, but he told me when we were hanging out in L.A., he was kind enough to pick me up and uh, and show me around for the day and organize dinner. Very, very nice. generous when I was there. Um, that, yeah, I think it was his stepfather who was on the list because he was a communist um, and he was on the FBI security oh, yeah. list. So basically, in the event of an attack on the U.S., Victor's stepfather would have been uh, immediately rounded up 
thrown into a detention camp as being a suspect. Um, Yeah. I'm glad you said that because just because at the beginning of this peds, let's, let's put some stuff down just in case that there's a, there's a Soviet nuclear attack. How in the hell do you go from that to what we're talking about today, but you just connected it because these, because once a law or, or an emergency is declared and it's hardly ever revoked, let's, let's face it, who willingly gives up power. Um, yeah. So it just expands and expands and expands. And now the president can do these incredible things to affect the average American's life just because they want to, the courts probably won't check them. And Congress has been a, nothing but a bunch of pussies for decades. So I was just wondering what the connections were, but now it makes a lot more sense. And now I'm a lot more scared than I was five minutes ago. Yeah, good. You should be scared. Um, <laughs> it's, it is. That's yeah. insane. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, now, people like um, critics of the government usually end up on this list. Uh, Howard Zinn was on this list. Uh, Paul Robeson, pretty sure Noam Chomsky's on the list. Uh, you know, Martin Luther King was on the list. Um, and uh, I think the list now has been folded into something called the Terrorist Screening Database, the TSDB. Um, mm. I think that happened after 9-11. But um, anyway, so these lists exist to round people up if they're considered subversives. In 1987, the Miami Herald reported that Ollie North, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, had... Right worked behind the scenes before he went to jail had worked with his with his mate abrams who we'll get to later on had worked with fema the uh federal emergency management agency to create a secret contingency Mm -hmm. plan authorizing suspension of the constitution turning control of the united states over to fema Appointment of military commanders to run state and local governments and declaration of martial law during a national crisis. How can I get the sense that every time you mention something like this, it feels like this is stuff that's going to be done to the American people and not to protect the American people? I always get a feeling, I mean, just order 66 all over again. This is stuff that they're going to be able to lord it over the citizens that they're supposed to protect. But maybe I'm just being too cynical. Well, I think that's, I think order 66 was based on the reality of these sorts of laws that can be rolled out. And of course, the Jedi in this scenario, uh, anyone who disagrees with an authoritarian government, Um, Although, as we all know now, thanks to the most recent Star Wars film, um, the Jedi were the problem, not the solution. Right, Uh, right. Arrogance. Arrogance, yeah. 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 Thanks for fucking up my childhood, (laughs) whatever, Ryan Johnson. Um, 2007 uh, Department of Homeland Security report lists martial law and curfew declarations as critical tasks that local, state, and federal governments should be able to perform in emergencies. Right. Martial law. Hmm. In 2008, uh, government sources told a reporter for Radar magazine that a version of the security index still existed. This is the TSDB. Its code name is MainCore. Right. And it allows for the apprehension and detention of Americans tagged as security threats. 
So someone declares national emergency, the Bill of Rights right out the window, and we've got the guns to back it up. Yeah. Now, how okay. is all of this relevant? You may be asking yourself 40, 40 minutes into this podcast. Um, <laughs> so here's, a, here's the rough outlines of a scenario that The Atlantic uh, published recently that I thought was interesting. So this is purely, obviously, hypothetical scenario. But just imagine it's late 29, uh, right. 2019, sorry, late 2019. Six, seven, eight months from now, the Mueller report has come out and it looks really bad for Trump and his kids. Right. Uh, it looks like they're all, he's going to be impeached. They're all going to jail. Um, it's not pretty. Um, now, it also looks like as a result of all of this, Trump and the GOP are going to lose the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. So Trump starts tweeting that he has... <laughs> information that Iran is planning a cyber operation to interfere with the election and that Google and Facebook and Twitter have been compromised by Iranian cyber terrorists uh, and he needs to take control of the internet to stop Iran from spreading propaganda. Mm. Okay. Now, is it beyond the realms of possibility that Trump would say such a thing? I don't think so. Um, Does he have the ability uh, under under these national emergency powers to shut down the Internet? Quite probably, yeah. And no one can stop him because it's a national emergency and executive powers. Right. Now, let's say as a result of all of this, he declares a national emergency, freezes the assets of people who complain about the Internet shutdown, because they're designated as supporters of Iranian terrorists. Mm-hmm. Now, people, of course, would appeal to the Supreme Court to yeah. stop him. But since the appointment of Brett Kavanaugh, there are now five conservative justices on the Supreme Court versus four progressive liberal justices. So Supreme Court might quite possibly rule in Trump's favor, that he has the ability to do this. This is legal, and it is legal. These right. these actions are well entrenched in the American system. So the Supreme yeah. Court votes in favor of Trump. Now, people protest. They hit the streets. Mm-hmm. Trump declares the protesters are traitors, uh, suggests uh-huh. they deserve a good beating, and his supporters <laughs> oblige. Um, BBC cameraman. And Uh then Trump blames the protesters for starting it. And the election comes around. Trump says, you know, if anyone votes against me, they're probably supporting Iran. Uh, People are too scared to vote because uh, Trump's got people beating people up. Or people can't uh, find accurate information about where to vote because there's no internet. And the only news station that's allowed on the air is Fox News. Um, And so not many people go and vote. And Trump, who was set for impeachment, wins the 2020 election. Now, is is this a crazy extreme scenario? Maybe. But honestly, three years ago, who thought that a guy like Trump would even be president in the first place? Yeah, uh, if 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 true. some and people who were suggesting that three years ago, everyone was saying was crazy and that was extremist and it could never happen in America. It could never happen that a guy like right. Trump would become president. 
Who thought Trump would start making up fake national emergencies? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. So we're in Jeez. the era of, the, you know, things that could never possibly happen in America are happening every day now. Now, look, yeah. maybe it won't be Trump. Maybe it'll be the next POTUS mm-hmm. who does this. Uh, maybe when Rush Limbaugh or his daughter, yeah, are the next right. president, or Alex Jones is the next president. Um, right. They will be the one to do it. Now, some people, my wife included, mm-hmm. remain optimistic that there's going to be a new generation of politicians and a new generation of voters that's going to get America back on track. She kind of she says, "Look, I have to kind of believe this. I can't, I can't believe anything to the contrary. I have to believe that my country is going right. to get Hope. work its way out of this situation." And they yeah. look at people like AOC or Omar or Warren, this new generation, Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, they go, yeah. "Look, they, this is the future. These people, they're, they're sensible. They're a little bit lefty uh, or quite lefty in AOC's case. They're going to get us there, but." And I look, I love AOC. I think she's fantastic. I love uh, Ilan Omar. Uh, we're going to talk more about her in a minute. Um, but here's my question. Do you yeah. really think that the media run by rich psychopaths is going to allow someone like AOC to really come to power if they think that when she does that, she's going to destroy their wealth and power? Hell to the no. Do you really think the rest of the 1% is going to allow that to happen. They are going to use every cent, every dime, every piece of blackmail they can get their hands on, every piece of leverage to prevent people like that from coming into power. They're just not going to let that happen. Whether or not they are successful in preventing it from happening remains to be seen. But they they are going to try and fight and hang on tooth and nail. And we all would. Let's be honest. If I was a part of the 1%, I would too, because I, I mean, you know, I don't know because I'm not there, but I would imagine, you know, I was raised with that, that those are my people. I would imagine I would fight back to, to see that my, to stop, tr- you know, from my America, if I can use that term from disappearing. Yeah. Every, you know, just, that's just human nature. Imagine what you would do, Ray, if they tried to pass oh. a law that you weren't allowed to have sex with your relatives or right. farm animals. Oh, them's I mean, fighting words. Yeah, they're yeah. talking about destroying yeah. your way of life. You're going to do everything you can oh, to prevent I'm that from more. happening. And, and, if I, and if I could be Captain Obvious for like 15 seconds, the scenario that you just described Come on, it's 1933 Hitler, the Reichstag fire, the emergency powers, the shutdown of individual rights, of, of unions, of newspapers. I mean, that's exactly what the Nazis did. And the idea that our American president, not just Trump, but any American president has, an, you know, in, in a, if you don't stretch it out too much, has the ability to do that same thing. That's scary as fuck. But that's why you try to um, vote in non-crazy people into the White House. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we, history has shown us that these things happen. Do you think Germans in 1930 thought uh, these things could happen yeah. in Germany? No. Absolutely not. No. Right. Germany was an amazingly uh, 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 yeah. highly educated, 
country science the music the culture absolutely very very civilized people yeah the thing is i think most americans tend to assume that uh, america has enough checks and balances that this could never happen right but it's just not true these emergency powers can be called upon by a president and it's very very hard to do anything about it once he declares a national emergency right if i can just add on to that real quick i know we're we're pushing for time but um that, uh, there was a report that I watched on the news today. It was like, you know, if you have a president who's pretty ballsy, they can get away with a lot because one, like I was saying earlier, the courts have a tendency to defer to presidents. They're going to assume, look, it's his his or her job to know what an emergency is, to define the emergency. So it's their job. And so that leaves Congress. And as we've already seen, Mitch McConnell has said, I'm going to support Trump's um you know, declaration of emergency. So it's done. It's, the question is, how far is Trump going to go? But the answer is, the short-term answer is, no one is going to be able to stop him. And we'll have to see what the courts do. And as we know, that takes years. And the Supreme Court is probably going to vote on his side. Probably, exactly. By the time it gets to them, yeah. Speaking of fake emergencies... Um... <laughs> Uh, The news was reporting last week that the uh, Senate investigation into the uh, whether or not there's a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia of collusion to win the 2016 election came out sort of leaking their final report, which won't be out for several months. But they've been out doing the media round saying that after two years and 200 interviews, there is no direct evidence of conspiracy. Um, now, I've had a lot of discussions with people about this on Facebook, and I thought we'd sort of just take some time to, to break this down and, and think about it from a couple of different perspectives. Um, okay. Now, direct evidence. Uh, what is direct evidence? Well, my understanding, nobody knows more about the law than I do, Ray. <laughs> and my understanding is that direct evidence usually is something like a confession, uh, an email trial, where right. you're talking about it, uh, you're gonna. Uh, hey, Don Junior, did you uh, did you did you make that deal with Vladimir Putin to uh, help but, us win the election? Oh yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. yesterday. Oh great, thanks very much. A phone trail, recordings of phone calls, right. recorded conversations in Michael Cohen's office saying, "Hey, guess what we did last week? We did this deal with the Russians." Witnesses who said they saw something or they heard a conversation. These sorts of things fall into direct evidence. Now, apparently, they've got none of that. But people would, say... Would they? Yeah, yeah. People say, oh, well, there's no direct evidence. You usually don't have direct evidence, but there's right. lots of circumstantial evidence, people say. Ah. Uh, people right. say, but they met with Russians. They went yeah. to jail. Okay. So let's... To, to me, when people say, but they met with Russians... That's the uh, biggest sign that everyone's gone fucking crazy over it. <laughs> because guess what? Meeting with Russians is not a crime, to the best of my knowledge. Not? No. I, I assumed no. it. Yeah. Was. Yeah, you would assume that. but uh, Based on the news. Based on the yeah. news and people on Facebook. America, <laughs> believe it or not, you're not at war with Russia. Uh, uh, it doesn't sound right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not at war with Russia. You know who else met with Vladimir Putin? Barack Obama <laughs> met with Vladimir Putin. Uh, George W. Bush met with Vladimir Putin. Um, 
So Hillary Clinton met with dignitaries from uh, Russia. I'm not sure if she met right. with Vlad. Yeah, you're not speaking with Russians. Meeting with Russians is not a crime, um, as far as I'm aware. Okay. There's no law against speaking I'll to concede. Russians. There's no law against doing deals with Russians. Oh well, he was trying uh. to build a hotel in Moscow. So what? You know who else? <laughs> you know who else was trying to build a hotel in Moscow? Everybody no. that owns hotels. That's <laughs> what people that own hotels do is they try and build hotels in every fucking city in the world. That's the nature of the hotel business. Now, the fact that many people inside Trump's inner circle of friends lied about talking to Russians or had dirty dealings with Russians is fun and all that. And I'm glad that they're going to prison. Right. But it isn't evidence of collusion or conspiracy to influence an election. So the fact that they all, not all, but a lot of them lied, and now they're going to jail specifically for lying. Again, as as fun as this is, that is still what you would consider circumstantial and not direct evidence. They're convicted for lying, not not for collusion. It's not circumstantial evidence of collusion or conspiracy to overthrow the election either. It's right. just okay. uh, it's they lied bad choices. They well, <laughs> they they lied for a whole variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for Paul Manafort, it was because he was uh, needy. Well, just 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 hiding lots of money that he was making and not right. reporting it, uh, and then lying about that and trying to you know, and then lying about lying about that and trying to get other people to lie right. about the fact that he lied and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But, uh, well, no, there's nothing tying that to collusion. My wife just walked in here. What are you looking for? Um, Yeah, it's not, it's got nothing to do with uh, overthrowing the election. Now, what we should be expecting to see out of the Senate investigation or the Mueller investigation is evidence that Trump or someone close to Trump said to Putin or someone close to Putin, hey, Help me win this election right. and we'll make all your troubles go away. That's basically I've, what we've been led to believe happened, right? That there was that kind of an explicit deal. Help me get elected and we mm. will get rid of all of the sanctions against you and we you know, we won't interfere in your interests in various parts of the world. But if I could just play devil's advocate for a second, I mean, I would like to think that the Russians um, and maybe even some of Trump's people would be smart enough not to have that direct that direct of a conversation or have it in a place that's in writing or recorded or whatever. And so even if they did have a conversation where nothing's written down or nothing's recorded, it would seem like unless you broke someone and got them to confess that you would never get evidence like that and the reason the point the point i'm trying to make is that if you are a certain news affiliate and you want to keep this going because it's you know like it's selling ads or whatever you use that to keep spinning the story that it could still happen we just haven't come across direct evidence yet yeah and god might exist we just haven't come across direct (laughs) evidence for god yet it's the it's the god hypothesis it's exactly, it's the God hypothesis, the free will hypothesis that people pull out all the time. Well, this is the argument that people who are clinging 
to something that's highly improbable use all the time. Well, God might exist. We just haven't found evidence for him yet. Well, free will might exist. We just haven't found evidence for it yet. Well, they may have colluded with the Russians. We just haven't found evidence of it yet. (laughs) Or maybe Mueller has the evidence. He just hasn't told us about it yet. This is this is desperation. This is where I play Don't Stop Believing by Journey, man. Like it's it's pathetic. It's so sad and pathetic. Now, okay, now listen. Yeah. Let me let me the problem with the, the, the theory that you just had is they would be too smart to do this and, and have direct evidence. No, we know that they're not smart. If there's anything that we know about the Trump team and the people associated with Trump then and now is they're not very smart. Um, that is why 98% of them are in jail right now or going to jail it, because they're not very smart at all. Uh, right. It, right up to Trump and all the way down. They're very, very arrogant and very, very stupid, probably yeah. because they're psychopaths. And psychopaths believe that they are going to get away with everything, always. Because they believe they're smarter than everybody else. Because through bullying and intimidation and bribery and threats, they tend to get away with a lot of stuff until they don't anymore. Um, So they're they're not smart enough to cover this up and be careful about it. If they were, there wouldn't be... They wouldn't have met with Russians at Trump Tower, for fuck's sake, in the first place. If they were being smart about it, they wouldn't have said, sure, come up to Trump Tower. Like, well, let's talk yeah. about stuff. Like, come on. I'll, I'll, put, I'll schedule an appointment so everybody can see it. Yeah, I'll write it down in the day book. <laughs> we'll, we'll beam it on the big televisions in Times Square. They're not smart. So this whole theory is, well, they wouldn't have left. Yes, they would have left a record because they're not smart. But, okay, let's let's say that there is no direct evidence of, of hey, you know, help me win the election mm. conversation. Let's say there is circumstantial evidence. Um, you know, what is circumstantial evidence? Well, you know, when I did my law degree, it, it was <coughs> evidence that relies on an inference to connect it to a conclusion of facts, like the fingerprint at the scene of a crime. It's like mm. you walk into your bedroom, your wife looks like she's oh. just been uh, ridden hard and put away wet, and and you, you saw uh, D'Angelo leaving the room and having a shower. Okay, you didn't see them fucking, but that's I, circumstantial. Yeah, you can put two and two together. And it's oh, unless there's a better explanation, you probably think no. your wife's just been hammered by right. D'Angelo's hammer. Um, so that, so what would that look for? Look like in the case <laughs> of, right. of so how, how, you know what looks like collusion to conspire to win an election versus uh, we were trying to build a hotel in Moscow. Oh right, right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, or we were trying to get Russian billionaires to buy uh, some more apartments uh, in one of our hotels because the hotel was going bankrupt and we needed an, uh, an injection of cash. Yeah. And as I keep saying, you know who else Trump met with? Uh, Saudi, mm. The Saudis, uh, the Israelis, uh. Uh, you name it. They met with everybody. Um, and 
we know for a fact that uh, the Saudis have been spending money on Trump apartments, Trump right. Trump Tower, you know, apartments, throwing cash at overpaying, Trump, overpaying yeah. for hotels, booking entire you know, like the entire fucking hotel, uh, and then not turning up as a way of getting right. cash to him. Um, yeah. buying his uh, one of his properties in Florida for like a hundred million dollars more than it was worth. Um, actually, I think that was a Russian, <laughs> but we know yeah. the Saudis have been throwing money, but you don't hear well the Saudis were uh, he, he was meeting with Saudis to conspire to overthrow the election. Uh, when the Saudis uh, and the Trump campaign have just as much of a track record as the Russians, um. Mm. Now, uh, people say, well, wait for Mueller. He has more tools at his disposal. Now, we do know that Trump and Cohen discussed getting a Trump Tower uh, approved in Moscow. They were Mm -hmm. talking about it well into the campaign. We know that Cohen talked to a Russian official about it. But again, building a hotel in Moscow isn't a crime. Does it look bad (laughs) that uh, he's running a campaign to be president and trying to get a hotel approved? Maybe, but we all know, A, that he didn't think he was going to get elected at all. He, right. he was as shocked exactly. as, as anybody when he got elected. <laughs> Not um, as shocked as Melania. The look on her face yeah. that night, she was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, anyway, she I looked like the rest of us felt. Um, <laughs> now, we know they tried to arrange a meeting with Putin in September 2015, but again, not a crime. Uh, yeah. to meet with Vladimir Putin. Not evidence of collusion either. You're going to need way more than that to suggest right. that it was collusion or conspiracy. Now, we also know that thanks to an investigation that spun off out of Mueller's office that Trump directed Cohen to commit campaign finance crimes by paying off women who said they'd had affairs with him. That is a crime, of course, but mm-hmm. not collusion not even remotely related to collusion. We know right. that Mueller has indicted 25 Russian nationals and three Russian entities, and that was a year ago, for their wow. attempts to influence the election. But we also know from Mueller that these attempts started in 2014, a year before Trump was even a candidate. By the way, what was the Obama administration doing about these uh, attempts by the Russians to influence the election from 2014 to 2016, we don't know. Did he know about it? Yes, we seem to think he did. His administration did know about it. What did they do about it? Apparently nothing. Why not? How is that not evidence for collusion? If you know the Russians are trying to influence the election and you do nothing about it, you're part of it. You're people say, well, he didn't want to say that during an election because it would look like he was trying to influence the election by saying Russians were trying to influence the election. It's a bit yeah. of a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a, a, a convoluted uh, way of justifying not yeah. doing anything about a foreign nation trying to interfere with your election. Um, let me just do conspiracy theory for a second, because um, from what I can remember, when Roger Stone was first arrested, I know he's been pushing for Trump to run for president since. I mean, for I think for at least ten years, maybe before that, I really can't remember. So is it is it beyond the this the realm of possibility that the Trump that the Russians may also have been encouraging Trump or ready to support him or just putting it out there as much as Cohen, uh, but obviously with their money or with their with their social media um, bots or whatever they have. So I, I I'm not even sh- I don't know. I just feel that that's 
that's not a, a very strong argument because I think the Russians and Cohen to uh, Roy Cohen to a certain degree were playing a very long game. But again, I know that's that's conspiracy theory. That's not backed up by anything. Yeah, look, it's quite probable that they had. Oh, you know, we, we talked about this recently on a show. Um, Putin was saying that uh, before. Trump actually became a candidate. He was just another American billionaire as far as they can, they were concerned. He wasn't even on their radar as anybody special. Now, maybe that's true. Maybe that's bullshit. I'm sure that r- the Russians, uh, like the Americans do in places mm-hmm. like Venezuela, uh, have a whole list of candidates that they would like to see as president uh, uh, or yeah. congressmen and women. And they're doing all sorts of things to try and manipulate their systems to, to support those people, you know, uh, uh, donating to their election campaigns through various fronts and, and uh, mm-hmm. people that have, uh, 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 you know, the ability to, to launder Russian money to American election campaigns without it getting picked up um, on the radar. Right. I'm sure they're doing that, absolutely. And I'm like America does that uh, all around the world to overthrow regimes that they don't like. That's mm-hmm. definitely part of their playbook. But whether or not that involved direct collusion and conspiracy between them and Trump, we don't know. Getting back to those 25 Russian nationals that I mentioned before that Mueller indicted, the Mueller investigation also said that the Americans that were manipulated by these Russian entities uh, did not knowingly uh, know that they were part of a Russian attack. Oh, they were duped or whatever. Okay. All right. So look, Enough of all that, but I still contend that this whole Russia-Trump collusion story was manufactured by the media to sell papers and TV ads and by the DNC to try and deflect criticism for how badly they fucked up the 2016 election and let a complete buffoon become POTUS. But we will see. We will see what comes out of the Mueller campaign. Yeah. Hey, one more story before I want to go. Uh, before we go, so um, we mentioned this briefly on one of our shows last week, uh, Caesar, I think. But uh, Ilan Omar, the uh, Muslim hijab wearing uh, Kenyan congresswoman, uh, mm-hmm. uh, recently smacked down Elliot Abrams in front of a congressional uh, inquiry uh, about Venezuela which uh, is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Uh, It's gone viral. I'm sure everyone's seen it. Uh, Just to drill down, though, on the detail of what she's talking about, I I briefly Mm. mentioned this in our Venezuela shows, but just some more detail. So what Omar was talking about in the hearing Mm -hmm. is that Abrahams pled guilty in 1991 to two counts of withholding information from Congress, basically lying over the Iran-Contra affair in the late 1980s when he was serving as an official in the Reagan administration. Now, for people who are too young to to know anything about the Iran-Contra affair, basically, uh, to summarise... (laughs) As best I can. So what was happening was 
there were sanctions. The Reagan administration had sanctions in place against Iran because mm-hmm. the Iranians had uh, had a revolution and kicked out the brutal and corrupt Shah of Iran that had been installed and supported by the United States for 25 years after the CIA overthrew the democratically elected president of Iran, uh, mm-hmm. Mossadegh, in 1953. They installed the Shah. He was brutal. He was corrupt. There was a revolution in the late 70s, brought about the Ayatollah Khomeini. They they kicked out the Americans. They took control of the oil. America got pissed off. They had sanctions against Iran. But, and then they also organized the Iraq-Iran war. They said to Saddam Hussein, hey, well, you should go and invade Iran for us. And here's a whole bunch of chemical weapons and biological weapons that you right. can use in doing that. Um but at the same time, there was a, a socialist revolution happening in Nicaragua, uh, the Sandinistas, uh, and mm-hmm. the Reagan government was supporting brutal uh, anti-Sandinista, they were known as the Contras in Nicaragua, to fight the Sandinistas, these death squads that are going around killing anyone associated with the communists. Uh, including right. priests and nuns and all these sorts of people. And they, th- there was a, an act of Congress barring the United States from supporting these rebel armies. So there was this secret uh, deal organized by uh, Oliver North and uh, Elliot Abrahams and others, um, supposedly mm-hmm. unbeknownst to George, Vice President George H.W. Bush and Ronald Reagan, but everyone assumes that they yeah. did know about it. They right. were uh, doing deals to get them get the rebels weapons uh, in return for doing secret deals with the Iranians, basically, against their own sanctions and their own acts of Congress behind the scenes. They were uh, doing deals with the Iranians and the uh, the Contras to enable money and arms to flow to both. So, wow. anyway, that was the Iran Contra affair in in a nutshell. So Abraham's Abrams, I find it hard to Abrams played mm-hmm. guilty, was uh, 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 indicted for lying to Congress. He was pardoned by President Poppy Bush in 1992. Right. Um, uh, good to have friends in high places. Later joined uh, Dopey Bush's National Security Council. When they got kicked out of clear. office, yeah, he's, right. he's, he's been part of the Council on Foreign Relations in Washington ever since as a senior policy fellow. Um, then, you know, he's, he's now back in uh, the sort of official circles now, as as we've mentioned before, uh, Trump's special envoy to Venezuela. There's a guy who was found guilty of lying to Congress about Twice. supporting death squads right. was uh, is, is given official government positions, as, as um, Omar was pointing out. Now, when he was a State Department official in the Reagan administration, He Mm -hmm. led the American cover-up of massacres that were happening in El Salvador as well. There's a village called El Mazote, Salvadorian village. Now, in December of 1981, the U.S.-backed Salvadoran army, who were also fighting leftist guerrillas, slaughtered 800 civilians in this town of El Mazote. Um, this this happened just before Abraham's uh, fuck Abrams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna call him Elliot. Elliot. Uh, Elliot. 
uh, uh, became the Assistant Secretary of State for Human Rights and Humanitarian Affairs in the Reagan administration. Um, now, when news of the massacre started to reach the US, was reported about in the Washington Post and the New York Times, considered one of the worst atrocities in modern Latin American history, uh, one of the Post's journalists, uh, actually, Alma Guillermo Prieto, reached the village in January of 1982, about a month after the massacre. She found mm-hmm. dozens of decomposing bodies oh. that had just been mouldering there for a month. The village had been flattened. The fields had been right. burned. Uh, in the center of the, the village, she entered a church where... Most of the men of the village had been taken and executed inside the church. Um, she wrote, The walls of the smaller sacristy beside it also appeared to have had its adobe walls pushed in. Inside, the stench was overpowering, and countless bits of bones, skulls, rib cages, femurs, and a spinal column poked out oh. of the rubble. Um Another uh, journalist, Mark Danner, reported, he wrote a, a book, The Massacre at El Mazzotti, quoted a witness saying, we could hear the women being raped on the hills. And then, you know, the soldiers would pass by coming from there and they'd talk about it. They were talking and joking, saying how much they liked the 12-year-olds, uh, which is something that Omar brought up uh, about the rape of a 12-year-old, rape and murder of 12-year-olds right. uh, in front of, uh, well, two, um, Elliot. Uh, Men were beheaded with machetes, women were raped and left to die, children had their skulls crushed in under the boots of soldiers. Now, at the time when the US media was reporting on the massacre, um, Mm -hmm. Elliot Abrams said it was all fake news, dismissed the news reports as not credible, saying it was leftist guerrilla propaganda um, that was, uh, you know, calling shit fake news wasn't invented by Trump, by the way. Right. This is something that right. uh, the Reagan and Bush administrations were doing back in the early days. Um, it's the same, it's get the same thing today. Like any reports coming out of Venezuela um, about uh, what's going on there, if, if they're stories that are in favor of the uh, government, um, then they're considered fake news by uh, Mm -hmm. which is so why it's so hard for people like me to believe anything that uh the u.s government says because it was such a history of just lying blatantly lying um uh so it's like a part-time job yeah you got to drill down yourself several different sources just to begin to find the truth it's it's, and then you have to assume that both sides are lying there's propaganda on all sides So you just assume everything is probably propaganda and then trying to figure out the truth is difficult. But, you know, what it does is it makes you remain skeptical of both sides and and not Mm. jump on any particular bandwagon um, without having an overwhelming amount of evidence to to take one side of the story over the other. Now, um, at the same time, back in the uh, early 80s, Abrams was calling for the lifting of an arms embargo on Guatemala. They had the brutal regime of Mont um, operating there at the time. He wanted to give them more arms, um, Mm -hmm. which uh, happened. And then in 2013, Mont was found guilty of genocide and crimes against humanity. 
um, by the uh, against the country's indigenous mine population in El Salvador. Uh, the the full details of this massacre at El Mazote only started to come out about ten years later, as there were right. uh, forensic investigations on the site. Um, so, and that was just one episode in, a, in an entire decade of violence oh, carried out by the Salvadoran army and right wing death squads, supported by guys like Elliot Abrams, Oliver North, Poppy Bush, and Ronald Reagan, and Donald Rumsfeld, and Dick Cheney, um, all these guys that were part of the Reagan Bush administrations. Um, author Raymond Bonner. Uh, well, he's a journalist, actually, who reported on the massacre for the New York Times, uh, said in a recent article he wrote in The Atlantic, it was a bloody, brutal and dirty war. More than 75,000 Salvadorans were killed in the fighting, most of them victims of the military and its death squads. Peasants were shot en masse, often while trying to flee. Student and union leaders had their thumbs tied behind their backs before being shot in their head. Their bodies left on roadsides as a warning to others. So this was happening in the 1980s, supported directly by the United States government and by Elliot Abrams, the man who is now supposedly trying to get aid to Venezuela. Bullshit. Yeah. And and I, I just want to say this real quick. I ran across several quotes from people who were defending him after the congresswoman uh, bitch slapped him in public. And, and I'll just read one quote real quick just to show you how short these memories are. One guy, let's see, Kelly Magazman, the vice president of the National Security Liberal Think Tank Center for American Progress, said, I worked for Elliot Abrams as a civil servant. Uh, he is a fierce advocate for human rights and democracy. Yes, he made serious professional mistakes and was held accountable. And that's where she ends, because she should have said he was found guilty as fuck, but then he got a presidential pardon. That doesn't mean he wasn't guilty, and he certainly had his hand in it. He was just excused from it. And I guess for some people, the presidential pardon is just a blank slate. And and like you were saying a second ago, he is now free to once again work for the White House. It's just incredible. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's not just now. He was part of uh, Dopey Bush's Bush, yeah, White House administration exactly. too. Exactly. You know. Well, that's America for you, my friends. Uh, that's uh, the bullshit filter for this week. Thanks for your support, people, all the new subscribers. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week. By the way, we're putting these out Tuesday Australian time now, not Monday, uh, yeah. for a variety of reasons that we won't go into, mostly Ray's sex life. Um, we'll be back uh, with more news stories. With my wife, not with a farm animal.